This is the Gathering Ottawa's Message podcast, and this week we're concluding our mini New Year's series, and Jeff's talking about the God-honoring value of seeking the kingdom first. For information about us, check out thegatheringottawa.com. To get connected, email info at thegatheringottawa.com, and just know that at The Gathering, we exist to connect people to the love of Jesus. So let's get right to it. Well, this morning we are concluding our short three-week New Year series called First Things First, where we've been talking about what matters most and specifically about what values and priorities and choices that Jesus would be inviting us to have and to make before we do anything else in life as we choose First Things First to orient our lives around what matters most to God. And there's three things, three specific values or choices that we're talking about in this series. One a week, where in week one, we kick things off by talking about the choice to love God with everything that we are, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, choosing a love for God as the first things first priority in life before we choose anything else. And then in week two, which was last Sunday, we talked about the choice to love people in sacrificial ways, no matter who those people are, even if there are enemies. We're just like the good Samaritan provided love and care for his enemy. We too are to actively and sacrificially love others, no matter what, no matter who they are, just as God loves us. That was week one and two, straight out of what is known as the great commandment in Matthew 22, where Jesus clearly tells us what is to matter most in our lives with God, and that is love, right? Love for God and love for people. Do this, I've said in weeks past. Choose love before you choose anything else in life, and you'll always end up choosing the right things. Which leads us then to this morning's final priority or choice, number three of three, our last in our First Things First series, where Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, which was the most important sermon ever preached by the most important person who ever lived, he summarized this priority like this, saying this in Matthew 6, verse 33. He says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, And God then will give you everything that you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, Jesus says. Now, by way of context here, Jesus, after having just taught on money and possessions and earthly treasures in verses 19 through to 24 of Matthew 6, and after having also taught on worry and fear and anxiety about life and money and whether or not we're going to have enough to get by in life, Jesus summarizes his point with this simple but profound invitation. The invitation being to seek the kingdom of God above all else, meaning specifically in the context above wealth and above earthly treasures and above our daily needs and wants. And not only that, not only should we seek the kingdom first, but then we should also live righteously, Jesus says, meaning that we should live how God intends for us to live, that we should live rightly. And as we do those things, as we seek the kingdom of God, and as we live rightly, God will take care of our every need as a result. Seek the kingdom first, Jesus says. That's his invitation. That's the first things first priority he calls us to have and the choice that he invites us 
to make. So then, how do we do this? What does it mean to seek the kingdom first? Because there's lots of misconceptions out there, amongst Christians in particular, about what this really means, about what the kingdom is, and about what it is to seek after it and to live a kingdom-first life. For example, uh, for some people, they tend to think that seeking the kingdom first has to do with your vocation in life, and specifically that you have to be a missionary or a pastor or a priest or someone really spiritual in order to seek the kingdom of God first in your life, and that you really can't live a kingdom-first life if you work for the government, for example, or if you're a teacher, or if you're a healthcare provider, or if you work with your hands, or if you just do anything that isn't kind of ministry, professional ministry. I've, I've literally heard people say things like this, where they've said, if only I were in pastoral ministry like you, Jeff, or, or if only I could go into missions, or if only my job would allow me to, to devote more time volunteering at the church, then I'd truly be able to seek the kingdom first. As if Living a, a kingdom-first life isn't really possible if you aren't in vocational ministry. That's what some people tend to think. And then as another misconception that some people have about seeking the kingdom first, they, they sometimes assume that it's primarily about their prayer and devotional life with God, and that's about it. In fact, if you did a quick Google search on this and searched up what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God first, you know what you'd find? You'd find articles and blog posts about things like prayer and Bible study and a church attendance and attending church programs and being grateful and doing your devotions every day and things like this, all of which, by the way, are great and can be incredibly helpful in giving us the perspective and the connection to God that we need in order to live a kingdom first life. But I'm not so sure that that specifically is what Jesus had in mind when he spoke these words. And then finally, as another misconception that people sometimes have here about Jesus's invitation to seek the kingdom, first, some people assume that it is primarily about money and about giving financially to the kingdom. Because that's kind of the context here in Matthew 6, right? I just talked about that. Jesus had just finished teaching about money and possessions and things like this. And so people naturally tend to think then, well, I guess to seek the kingdom first must mean that I just got to give lots of my money away. I got to write a big check to the church or to an organization that's doing kingdom work that I'm really passionate about. And if I, if I do that, if I write a big check, then I am seeking the kingdom first. I've done my part. And they assume that seeking the kingdom of God first is primarily about their finances and about living generously with their money. Which, to be clear, is a good and important thing to do and is probably part of what it is to live a kingdom-first life. But I'm just not so sure that it's specifically what Jesus had in mind when he said these words, right? To write large checks and to just give your money away or to go and quit your job and live as a missionary or become a pastor or something or to pray and read your Bible for extended periods of time each and every day and that's about it. I, I just don't know that that's what Jesus had in mind when he spoke these words. And so then what was it that Jesus was talking about here when he said, seek the kingdom of God? What did he mean? What does it mean ultimately to live a kingdom first kind of life. That's 
the question. And to help us answer that question and to gain some insight into what this might mean for our daily lives, I want to unpack this phrase, this verse from Matthew 6, verse 33, with you word by word, or at least by looking at some of the key words within it, starting then with the first word in the verse, which of course is the word seek. What does it mean to seek? Well, in the Greek, the word that Jesus uses here for seek is the word zeteo which quite literally means to look or to search for, or, or more specifically at the heart of it, it's to desire or to crave something. Like when we have a craving, say, for a certain kind of food, junk food or something like that. For me, you know what one of my biggest food cravings in life is? It's ice cream. It's true. I zeteo ice cream big time. I, I love it always have. In fact, last year for my birthday, someone from the church actually bought me a tub of ice cream and it was the best gift ever. I was like, you get me because I just love ice cream that much, too much, I suppose. Uh, but because I love ice cream so much, what will happen throughout the week once or twice, usually on weekends, but let's be honest, sometimes during the week as well, is I will actually leave the house. I will go out and look for it and seek it out, right? I'll, I'll go to Circle K, or I'll go to the local independent in Riverside South, or to the Shoppers Drug Mart if I refuse to pay the Circle K prices, uh, and I'll actively seek out ice cream, because in my craving, I've just got to have it. I've gotta have it now. <laughs> now I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, dude, you need help. And you're probably right. Kim tells me that all the time. <laughs> but I know I'm not alone here. You know, whether it's ice cream or, or chips or candy or some other sort of junk food, whatever that is for you, we all have junk food cravings. And admit it, most of us sometimes go out to the stores looking for it from time to time, right? Some of us are just a little bit more active or shall we say undisciplined in our response to our cravings and go out a little bit more frequently than others. But this idea of a craving, where we've just got to have it and we'll do just about anything to get it, whatever it is, that's the kind of seeking and desiring that Jesus is talking about when he uses the word seek here. It's where we relentlessly look or search for something that we crave or need wherever we go, whether it be junk food like ice cream in my case, or whether it be something that we actually need in life, like maybe our keys or our wallet or something valuable that we've lost where we turn our house upside down looking for it. Jesus says that. That kind of seeking and that kind of searching, that kind of investment of energy where in the moment you will do anything to get that thing. That's the level of investment that I want you to make all the time as you seek the kingdom of God first in your life. I want you to desire it and to crave it and to want it and to go after it more than you crave or go after anything else in your life. Seek the kingdom first. Jesus says, above everything else in your life. I wonder for you, what are you seeking first in your life these days? What do you crave the most? And obviously I'm not talking about ice cream anymore, although that sounds really great right about now, but I'm not talking about junk food. I'm talking about 
soul cravings instead. What are you craving most in your life right now? What do you desire? What is it that you're going after in life and would do just about anything to get? Is it a partner, perhaps? A husband or a wife, boyfriend, girlfriend? A child, a pregnancy? A certain job, career path, financial security? Maybe physical healing, whether for you or for someone that you love? Maybe it's love and acceptance. What do you crave most in your life right now? It's a good question to to think about, isn't it? Well, Jesus, in a first things first kind of way, he says that before we worry too much about all these other needs and cravings in our life, we are to crave the kingdom of God first, he says. Seek it. Go after it. Look for it everywhere that you go, doing everything that you can to get it, knowing that as you do that, that he'll take care of the rest. As we surrender and trust him with our soul's deepest cravings, he promises to meet our every need. That's the word seek. What is it that you're seeking first in your life these days? Well, the next word or or key words in this verse and phrase are the words, the kingdom of God. What was it that Jesus was talking about here when he talked about the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom, right? Like, is it just a place that you go after you die? Is it heaven or some sort of spiritual state that people live in? What is the kingdom of God? That is the question. Well, in John Ortberg's book, Eternity is Now in Session, Ortberg provides a really helpful definition, or at least I think it's really helpful. It's a definition actually that comes uh, mostly from Dallas Willard's teaching. Dallas was an author and Christian philosopher uh, who died a few years ago and was good friends with John. And so John kind of reworked some of his material into his book, Eternity is Now in Session, including this definition of the kingdom, which again, I find really helpful. And I think you will too. Here's how Ortberg and Dallas Willard define the kingdom of God. It is this. It, the kingdom of God, is the range of God's effective will. It is wherever God's will is done. Isn't that good? Let me read it again. It is the range of God's effective will. It is wherever God's will is done. And now what is God's will? Well, ultimately it's this. Listen, it's that we'd increasingly live into what it was that we talked about for the past two weeks, right? That we'd increasingly love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything that we are, and that we'd love our neighbor as ourselves. That ultimately is God's big picture will for your life and for mine and for the world is that we'd experience and express love love for God and love for people, knowing that as we do that, as we grow in his love and mature in him and love him increasingly by worshiping Jesus as Lord of our lives and by laying down our egos and pride and becoming more and more like Jesus, 
and as we love others increasingly by sharing the good news of Jesus with others and by caring for the poor and for the needy and living as a loving, non-anxious presence, faithful presence in our communities and by walking in love and unity with other believers despite our differences, as we love each other in this way and as we love the world as well by caring for creation and doing our part to be good caretakers of it, that then our world and our lives and our relationships would end up looking more and more the way that God wants them to be as a result, which is what the kingdom of God is. It is the range of God's effective will where things in the world are as God wants them to be. Now, let me say this. We know that ultimately we will never fully get there to the kingdom of God on this side of eternity, right? That because of sin and evil and the fallen state of our world, that things will never fully be the way that God wants them to be until Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom here on earth once and for all, making everything as it should be. We can't wait for that day. But until that time comes, until Jesus returns, our call as followers of Jesus and our call as the church and our goal and our top first things, first priority in life, according to Jesus, remains this. It's to seek the kingdom first, to crave and desire it above all else, and to partner with him in seeing his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. We are to seek it and desire it and to work for it alongside in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that one day Jesus will return to finish the job. But here now is the tricky thing about kingdoms. Here's what makes seeking the kingdom so difficult. It's this, it's that everyone's got one. <laughs> Ortberg talks about this in his book too, where he says that everybody has a kingdom. We might not think about it that way, but it's true, right? We've all got a kingdom. And what is your kingdom? Well, it's that little circle or that little sphere in your life in which what you say goes and where things are the way that you want them to be. It is the range of your effective will where you think that you get to be king or queen and have it your way. It's the kingdom of Jeff, right? Or the kingdom of Kristen, <laughs> where no doubt there's lots of sparkle and glitter I am sure. <laughs> or it's the, it's the kingdom of Noah and of Susan and of Craig and on and on we could go. We've all got kingdoms where we think that we are in control, where we think that we are king and queens of our own life. This is what makes seeking God's kingdom first so challenging. It's because we've all got our own kingdoms, kingdoms and we've all got our own wills, and we've all got our own uh, sinful cravings and desires and longings that don't line up with God's perfect will for our lives and for the world. By default, we seek our kingdoms first, not God's. It's why as Jesus walked this earth, his main message to you and to me and the message that he preached over and over and over again was this. It was to repent of your sins and to turn to God. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is near, he said. Or in other words, this was his invitation. This was his message. It was to step down from your throne and to bend the knee to King Jesus instead. Repent, he said. 
Meaning, change your allegiance, change your thinking, and seek God's kingdom first above your own, knowing that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King. This is the kingdom of God that we are to seek. It is the range of God's effective will, where things are as God wants them to be, both in our world and in our lives, as we surrender our wills and our little kingdoms to him. Okay, moving on. The next word or words that we see in this verse, Matthew 6, verse 33, is this, just quickly. It's above all else, or as other translations put it, first. That we are to seek the kingdom of God first, above all else in life. Now, what does this mean? Well, it, it means simply quite this, that seeking the kingdom, where we actively partner with God and seeing our world increasingly become the way that God wants it to be, it is a matter of first importance for every follower of Jesus and central to every decision that we make, where our primary concern in life is no longer life itself and our needs and our wants and our desires and our cravings, but it is surrendering and staying surrendered to God and His will by actively partnering with Him and His a Holy Spirit to bring about his kingdom and his will into the world instead of our own. And then as we live rightly before him, which is the next word in the verse here, and live righteously, which means to live in a way that is aligned with the values and the priorities of the kingdom of God and not ours. As we live rightly, then and only then does God promise to give us everything that we need, Jesus says including, you know, the clothes on our back and food on our table and a roof over our head and a community of faith to do life with everything that we need and maybe even crave in our life. But it all starts with choosing to seek the kingdom of God first and making our primary concern in life, not life itself, but surrendering and staying surrendered to God and his will by partnering with him and his Holy Spirit to bring about his kingdom and his will for the world instead of ours. The question then is how, right? Like, how do we do this? How do we live this out? And what does it actually look like to live a kingdom first life? Because this is a pretty big, pretty broad topic, isn't it? Seeking the kingdom, we could talk forever about this. So how do we begin to live this out? Well, I've got two words. For you two words that I want you to remember if you remember nothing else from this morning's message. I've already used these words a number of times this morning and so hopefully you're already kind of picking up on this. Here's the two words I want you to remember. They are this. Surrender and seek. That's it. Surrender and seek. Where first we commit to living a kingdom first life by daily surrendering our lives and our kingdoms and our wills to him. That's it. Surrender. Because think about it. Every kingdom needs a king or a queen, doesn't it? Like you can't really have a kingdom without a king or a queen. And you can't really be a king or a queen without having a kingdom to rule over. And so then to seek the kingdom of God above all else, first and foremost, must start with surrender. And surrendering our wills and our desires and our cravings and our plans for life and our little kingdoms to King Jesus, 
saying and praying each and every day in whatever way works for you, some version of this. Jesus, I am yours. I bend the knee to you. You are the Lord and the leader of my life. You are my king. And what you say goes. I will do what you call me to do. And I will go where you call me to go. I surrender my life and my kingdom to you and to your kingdom. Use me for your purposes and for the sake of your kingdom and your will and your gospel message. I surrender all of it, my whole life, my entire kingdom to you. First things first, that's what living a kingdom life requires of us. Surrendering to King Jesus each and every day, moment by moment, if we have to. I wonder, have you surrendered your will and your life and your little kingdom to King Jesus here yet today? Well, second word then that I want to talk about is the word seek. Now, what does it mean to seek? Well, I've talked already about this word quite a bit, but quite simply, it means this. It means to actively look for or to search out and to desire and crave after the things of God, the things of the kingdom and of God's working in the world around us. It's to have our God radar or our kingdom radar on high where we just notice what it is that he's up to, where we seek out his activity, his presence in our life and in our world. And one way to do that, one practical way to do that, to actively look for and to seek the kingdom of God in our life is simply to ask this question, these two questions, really. It's what is God doing around me, right? Like, where is he at work? And then how can I partner with him in what it is that he's doing? How can he best use me? What is God doing around me? And how can I partner with him in what it is that he is doing? That's what it is to seek the kingdom of God. It's to look for God at work in the world around us and then to join him in what he's already doing or maybe what he's wanting to do around us as we notice the needs around us and wonder and pray about whether or not God will want to use us to meet those needs. And the good news here is that you don't have to be a missionary or a pastor or a priest or some sort of spiritual leader in order to do this. You just have to be a follower of Jesus, someone who is striving to be in tune with the Spirit of God and who is committed to seeking the kingdom of God first in your life by partnering with him daily to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, some of the best examples of kingdom first followers of Jesus these days are not necessarily spiritual leaders or or pastors, sorry to disappoint you, but they are regular everyday people. You know, for example, they are healthcare workers and people in our church like Krista Ramsey and James Rowlandson and Rebecca Bussey and Angela Richardson, and Simon Hansom, and Haga Shikian, and Rob and Tracy Jackson, and Crystal, and Judy Lynn, and Corinne, and others who I'm sure that I am missing, people in our church, followers of Jesus who are committed to bringing God's healing and God's peace to people in the midst of their pain and suffering. Like, make no mistake about it. That's kingdom work, especially these 
days. That's God's will being done on earth as it is on heaven, as God's healing power comes through them and blesses other people. I know and have heard many stories from many of the healthcare providers that I just mentioned in our church that they actually see their job, not just as a job, but as a ministry where they pray for and over their patients quietly and where they care for their patients in the love and the spirit of Christ. It's kingdom work, beautiful kingdom work. And then I think as well of teachers and educators, people in our church like Karen Pritilak, good old Mrs. P, and Lori Dobson, and Sheltu, and Sean Whalen, and Michelle Miller, and others who work in schools and work with students to help them learn and grow and become the best version of themselves. And even though you can't preach uh, sermons in school, and you can't pray in the schools, and you can't really talk about Jesus in the schools, it's ministry. Nonetheless, it is kingdom work as they surrender to God, as these teachers and educators surrender themselves to God, make themselves available to God for them, for him to use them. He does. He uses them in these kids' lives in ways that maybe they'll never know. It's kingdom work. And then I think of the many parents in our church who are home raising young kids, stay-at-home moms and dads, or parents who are, you know, trying to balance career and home, maybe working full time, but also being at home and often feeling that they got too many plates spinning and are failing at, at one point or another at both things or one at, at the time, feeling like failures. It's kingdom work. Being a parent is probably, if you're a parent, the most important kingdom work you'll ever do. And then I think of the grandparents in our church who are also investing in uh, these kids and their grandkids, trying to express the love of God to them as grandma and grandpa. It's kingdom work. And then I, I think as well of the many people in our church who are caring for aging parents these days, which I'm sure doesn't always feel like kingdom work and it doesn't probably feel all that spiritual at times, but it is. It is laying down your kingdom for the sake of others. It can also be kingdom work. And then I think as well about the probably now hundreds of volunteers, people who have volunteered at the church in some way over the years, and the dozens who still volunteer today, even through COVID. Why? Because they're seeking the kingdom first, and they want God to use them. They, they want God to use their gifts. They want to serve and make a difference uh, in our church, through our church, for the sake of his kingdom. It's kingdom work, right? And then... Uh, you know, I think as well um, of Kristen, actually, our very own Kristen, not, who not only is our church administrator, but is also a foster mom, having now fostered 35, 35 different kids over the years. She's on number 34 and 35 right now, which is crazy, right? Providing love for these kids and safety and the very presence of Jesus in such a hugely practical way. I mean, if that's not kingdom work and seeking the kingdom first, then I don't know what is where she has clearly laid down her own kingdom, literally laying down her own home and her plans for the future and her money and her time. Why? 
because she wanted to partner with God in bringing his kingdom in a practical and tangible way into these king, kids' lives forever by meeting a super practical need and filling a, a role, filling a need that no one else was filling. And only God knows how deep and wide the impact of her life will have on these kids' life. We may never know on this side of eternity, but it's kingdom work. She's an amazing example of someone who's, who's seeking the kingdom first. I could go on and on listing example after example of kingdom first living and of seeking the kingdom of God above all else. The important thing here as we think about what it means to seek, that's our word, to seek the kingdom of God. The important thing here is to remember these two questions, right? Number one, what is God doing around me? right? Where is he at work? And number two, how can I partner with him and what he's doing? How might he want to use me? Whether we're talking about God using me in big ways, like making life changing, life altering decisions, like becoming maybe a foster parent or literally changing careers and moving somewhere and starting something new as God by his spirit leads us, or whether it be as another big example, forgiving someone who has hurt you, and someone who you have held on to bitterness towards, that's a big deal. Or whether it be in smaller ways, like sharing the good news of Jesus with our friends and our neighbors who are hurting and looking for hope, praying for them, looking for open doors to share the gospel with them, or, or maybe humbly serving someone in a practical way by giving of yourself, you know, whether that be listening to a friend who is hurting in a deep need or maybe volunteering at the church or in some sort of ministry or maybe making a meal for someone who is in need or sending a note of encouragement or faithfully praying for people in our church or people that you know of who are in need or maybe looking for ways to care for the poor and the needy and the marginalized. There are so many ways, big and small, that we can seek the kingdom of God first in our daily lives by asking this question, right? What is God doing around me? And how can I partner with him? How might it be that God wants to use me? These are the two words. They are how we are to seek the kingdom first in our daily lives. Number one, by surrendering to King Jesus each and every day. And number two, by seeking the kingdom and learning to see and to join God in what it is that he's doing in the world around us. To surrender and to seek. I wonder what all this might look like for you these days. How might God be inviting you to respond in a first things first kind of way and to live a kingdom first kind of life? Or before you make other decisions and plans for your life and you look to expand your kingdom, you, you stop and you say, what does it look like to live for God's kingdom instead? What does it look like? What does it mean for me to live a kingdom first life, to be surrendered to God, to be surrendered to Jesus, as my king and to seek the kingdom above all else because our hurting world needs it doesn't it it needs the kingdom and it needs kingdom first people people who are committed to loving god with everything that they've got and to loving others with the sacrificial self-giving love of jesus knowing that as we do that as we live into the life and love of god together in a first things first kind of way we are actually partnering with god to bring his kingdom into the world to see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven
Friends, this year, this is my challenge to you, my invitation to you, Jesus' invitation to you. It's to commit, first and foremost, to seeking the kingdom of God above all else, knowing that as we do that, God will take care of our every need and he will use us to do incredible things. I wonder what it means for you to surrender to King Jesus this morning and to seek the kingdom of God, to look for God at work around you and to join him in what it is that he is doing. Let's look to do that today and throughout this year together as a church family. Let me pray. Well, Jesus, we recognize as we think about your kingdom that ultimately that's why you came. You came to do away with all the things in the world that are opposed to your will. Sin, death, evil, brokenness, broken relationships, things that are opposed to you and your will. You came to bring your kingdom, to go to the cross, taking all that evil and brokenness upon yourself, rising again so that we could have the strength and the power to live over those things by the power of your Holy Spirit. None of this is possible apart from you. We can't, we can't bring your goodness into the life, in our, into this world in our own uh, strength. We need you. We need the gospel. We need the Spirit of God. And so we surrender ourselves to you this morning, God, N- knowing that even as we do that, none of us are fully surrendered. We don't know how to quite do that. We always cling Uh, two things in our lives that we don't want to let go of, but as best as we know how this morning, we surrender our lives, our kingdoms, our wills to you. And we say, here I am, God, I am yours. I belong to you, Jesus. I bend the knee to you as the king and the leader, the Lord of my life. We surrender ourselves to you. And then we commit to seeking after you, Jesus, to seeking after your kingdom, to seeing you at work around us and joining you in what it is that you're doing. Would you give us eyes to see your spirit at work around us, ears to hear what it is that you're doing as we hear other people speak and tell us their stories. Give us your radar to see the kingdom of God, to see your presence at work around us. I pray for everybody listening, watching this morning. God, as we think ahead to this year, would we uh, think very intentionally about what it means to live a kingdom first life this year, to seek the kingdom of God above all else, to surrender our kingdoms to you and to seek you out, to seek out your kingdom day in and day out. Maybe some of us watching do need to make big changes in our life, career changes. Maybe we know that someone watching this morning has this thing that they've been holding on to that they know you're inviting them to let go of, but they've been holding on to it. Maybe this morning's the morning they let go of that. Just surrender that thing to you. Spirit of God, I ask that you do your thing, that you'd minister to people's hearts. Give us the courage, the ability, the strength to let go, to surrender, and to seek, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. We're back next week. Don't forget to check out our website, thegatheringottawa.com, and tune in next week to The Gathering Ottawa's Message Podcast.